have their pants on fire on this one. <laughs> this is a good one. Um, let me get down here to my file. Hello, thank you for joining me today. It's a nice spring day in Nebraska. We've been doing a new thing in the morning. I suggest you try it, it's really nice. What you do is when you wake up, you wait until you hear the birds singing. Singing in the sky. No matter what they're trying to do to us on the game board, kids, we got this, okay? I lived through two months of 40 degree temperature. And remember, this is clearly white old lady complaining, okay? And because I have the microphone and you don't, you'll have to hear me out. Yeah, here's what I'm trying to say to you is stick on the game board the best you can because um, just imagine if I had um, kept using my heat and my electricity, I would not have had the last two months on the game board, okay? So the game board is rugged to say the least, okay? But we all picked our spots on the game board. Just make sure you're playing the best game you possibly can out there. So welcome to the show, and let me pull this up. This is, I would have to say, an award-winning scam, okay? <laughs> an award-winning scam. But before I get started, let me go for a couple of things. Because I will be talking about old buildings and all that Tartaria stuff today, because there's these theories about how electricity works, I would like to point out the most popular person is a person named John Levy, J-O-N-L-E-V-I. Everybody loves John about all of these fake building stuff and all this old fake history, and John is there to deceive. Go over to Real Nosy Parker channel. It's R all one word, R-E-A-L-N-O-S-E-Y, Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R. She did a show, or he, I, th I think they're, awesome. well, I, 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 they're from New Zealand, I believe, but I don't know, maybe Australia. But anyway, so the show is John Levy, Is She Built Back Better? Of course, John's one of them, okay, because this is all about deception. So, okay, one other thing I noticed is China is now moving out, suppliers are moving out and moving manufacturing into Vietnam. Don't have much more to say about that, but anyway, so yeah, it, it, it's the expansion of the oppression, okay, because now um, China's out, they feel like they're too expensive, so they're actually feeling like Vietnam and places like Africa are cheaper. Let the abuse continue, but not my point for today. So, a gambling addict, because this has to do with, I've talked in the past about um, my belief these people are using some sort of drugs. And remember, if these are women posing as men that are in charge, they're on testosterone, okay? And testosterone does elevate moods. These, these, these drugs these people take <laughs> have some pretty serious effects, okay? And I have tried some of the drugs they took. I've, I've admitted that. I did cocaine in the, what was it, very late 70s, okay? So I know what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> and... I could actually see that in some of these people thinking, okay, now why did I stop doing cocaine? Because it was so much fun? Well, actually it was kind of fun. It was a couple of years on the party scene in LA, but I was pretty much done with that by the time I moved to Silicon Valley. But I did encounter a lot of people in Silicon Valley also doing cocaine, but I had left that behind by that point, right? But the reason I left it behind, it was a certain amount of fun, right? 
when you're out partying and stuff. But, you know, you do grow up at some point, right? Some of us chose to grow up and <laughs> leave some of that behind. So, um, I didn't find it fun because after a while it wore off because people sat around and just talked about crazy ideas. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what this is all about. So, so yeah, I, I, in my mind and in my own personal past, I'm pretty clear that these people are on drugs. Number one, because of the transgender thing, they're on those medications, okay? So, yeah, it, it does have an impact on our minds. So let's talk a little bit about gambling and addicts, okay? Because what are their favorite things? Fluctuating the price of oil, all this crude oil stuff, the fluctuation of electricity that I'll be talking about today, um, the stock market, all their favorite activities, right? None of us got into the stock market early on. It was their game until the early 20s. And then they got the public involved. They even put up ticker tapes in stores and stuff around this country to get the rest of us to want to get into their gambling habit, okay? And their gambling habit is now going to take down the entire world. So let's talk about their gambling habit. A gambling addict is someone who has a compulsive urge to gamble despite the negative consequences it may have on their life. Gambling can stimulate the brain's reward system much like drugs or alcohol can, leading to addiction. It is classified as an impulse control disorder. The exact causes of gambling addictions are not well understood. See, they never really understand the things that have to do with them, right? <laughs> but it is believed to result from a combination of biological, genetic, and environmental factors. Now, I think some of these genetic things get kind of confusing because they say, like, for example, that this man might be bald because his dad was bald or whatever, but if, the, if they're really not the right sex, they're not the right person, a lot of these things can have variables, right? <laughs> because if, if, if your whole family gets diabetes, it could be not genetic, it could be what your entire family eats, right? <laughs> so I find that some of these things they just flip around about genetics are not that simple, right? Uh, and environmental factors. Some factors that contribute to a gambling addiction include financial problems, anxiety disorder, drug and alcohol addictions, peer influences, and boy are these people influenced by their peers. And look at all the people that are racing along with them all these buying up homes and stuff. And the desire to experience thrills and highs. Okay, that's what it's all about. High-risk behaviors such as aggression, criminality, sexual promiscuity, drug use, and gambling are often associated with psychopathic traits. Psychopathy and narcissism have been found to predict gambling with someone else's money and the amount lost, respectively. These findings suggest an association between the dark triad. They have this thing they call the dark triad, which is narcissism, psychopathy, and impulsive sensation-seeking. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I have been out gambling in the past. Um, yeah, it, they, they put a lot of energy into the psychology of gambling, okay? All those little bells that go off, all the little Pavlovian things that happen. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's rigged, okay. So, but it's because they want us to they want us to always emulate their behavior, right? So yeah, I have emulated some of these behaviors. I have experienced it. My mother, when she was older, now she could afford it, okay. So let's be clear about that. 
she loved these gambling casinos, okay? It was just fun for her, okay? And <laughs> really, it was her money. And um, yeah, she had a blast doing it. And so, but I think it's because of all of the psychological triggers that were going on, it became a fun time, right? Um, so anyways, um, so um, they, they, someone else's money, right? Um, some high-risk behaviors that are often associated with psychopathy include manipulation, deception, grandeur, emotional superficiality, lack of empathy, and remorse, impulsive, impulsive and irresponsible lifestyle, and persistent violations of social norms and expectations. And go read my book for more, okay? You could solve yourself a lot of problems if you would understand the dynamics of how psychopaths must have control. And they told some doozy stories about how they maintain control. So anyway, so let's get going here. Um, first, uh, I want to start off with, let me see here, where am I? Okay. Because... Um, I have been out of the corner of my eye following these Tartaria people, okay? They're the ones that talk about the star forts. They talk about the tops of buildings that shoot electricity. <clears throat> but there was a lack of logic in that that never struck me, okay? So let me, to make this for those who haven't understood the Tartaria madness on, it's, it's a social media thing, okay? It, it's created by the folks at DARPA, okay? Let's keep all these things straight. because. In the early days, when they invented the first light bulbs, well, the light bulb they invented, and I've seen videos about this, lasted forever, okay? And what these people did was they met and they set the standard. So they decided that, no, no, we can't have light bulbs that go for too long. We must make them shorter terms, right? So this whole thing has been a racket, okay? So here's what the Tartaria people think, because remember, Go look at all my shows about electricity. I'm not going to go there now. But anyway, so these people, the Tartaria people, they believe these certain ideas about electricity, okay? And the first time somebody sent me one of these people's links, oh, I don't know, a few years ago, my first reaction is, well, did we even really need electricity, right? <laughs> so when we focus on how we get electricity, we then move away from did we need electricity? And who created electricity, right? How did we get this electricity? And why did we get this electricity? Because we were super advanced human beings, okay? Super advanced. We, we never needed electricity, okay? They knew that about us, okay? We also knew that electricity was bad for us. But we wouldn't have been the ones who introduced electricity. It would have been them as part of the master plot to take over the game board. I mean, really, all the pieces start to fall together, right? So here's what they say, and I had, there's this one man over on BitChute, and I'll get to him in a minute, and he has some terrific information, okay, and um, they all believe this, okay, and let me read this, and it does make sense, okay, and I'll tell you why in a minute here, but let, let's first understand where all this Tartaria stuff and all this madness on social media comes from, okay. What they say is this, the crosses on top of Tartarian buildings were used as aesthetic electrical antennas 
which were connected to the rebar embedded throughout the building structure. Street lights that existed during the reign of the Tartarian Empire were tall aesthetic electronic antennas. These street lights harvested Harness, excuse me, harness the power of the ether, which caused the gases inside of the upper bulb to ionize and fluoresce. For all we know, the upper bulbs that sat on top of the Tartarian streetlights and found inside the homes of the Tartars themselves were not made from glass, but quite possibly from a type of quartz crystal. If the pop culture phenomena started by the radium girls are an indication, then these bulbs could have contained various substances such as mercury or radium, which reacted with aether, it's A-E-T-H-E-R, or maybe the bulbs contain nothing at all and quartz crystal itself is what reacted with the aether, or ether I think is how it's pronounced. Now remember, all this Tartarian stuff came from pictures and books, okay? And I did that show, just look for a show called Picture Photos, Museums, and that kind of stuff. So the entire premise of Tartarian was written and put online by someone, right? Who knows, right? And all of the evidence of the majority, now they do have some later buildings they talk about in this group because they're all about these lead floods and all this stuff, right? So. The majority of art that I saw in looking at these Tartarian channels was actually drawings, okay, and sketches. I didn't see, remember seeing many photos, and I scanned around a lot of these things a few years ago, okay. Maybe they've all changed, maybe they're all using real pictures and not sketches, and maybe they're maybe no one's lying. I don't believe these people are actually think, think of this as a lie, so that's not what I'm trying to indicate. What they do is they throw out a little bit of information because there is some very distinct truth between how power gets generated. So let's keep going here, okay? So, um, quartz crystal. Um, Tartarians use ingenious methods in capturing, storing, and releasing the Earth's natural energy. One of these methods included heat exchangers that are so often found on top of or connected to Tartarian homes and buildings. Imagine a roof-mounted glass dome, box, pole, column, etc. to be heated would determine how big or small a heat exchanger would be required. Through the natural process of the greenhouse effect, heat is captured and trapped inside of these glass heat exchange units. These heat exchangers were connected to air shafts and air ducts. And all someone had to do was flip a switch and a fan circulating, circulated, a fan circulated that trapped hot air throughout the home or building. Not all heat exchangers were roof mounted some were wall-mounted depending on the amount of sunlight absorbed. And some homes and buildings even had multiple heat exchangers. Again, it depends. It depends. It depends on the size of the room, home, or building that you would want to be heated. That would determine 
which kind of heat exchanger you would need and the amount of heat exchangers you would need. Okay, so then uh, I scanned their comments just briefly and one that stuck out was from this person in 2021. This is so interesting. I follow a person on Instagram who is currently posting videos on this subject of free energy and Tartarian buildings such as churches with copper domes, huge archways, and Tartarian red bricks to harness free energy from the ether. There is always a body of water close by as well, which would also be used in the process. A lot of these buildings have been repurposed to hide their true origins and why they were really built. Really interesting stuff. And it makes me look at these buildings now in a different way with fresh eyes. Thanks. Okay, so um, acoustical heating units. They talk about that, okay? Acoustical, okay? Okay. Similarly to how a Tartarian churches, cathedrals, and mosques originally were used for Tartarian fireplaces and chimneys could have functioned as acoustical units. The rooftop dome, excuse me, the rooftop tower dome and outside metal poles attracted the pole of the etheric, excuse me, etheric, etheric energy. This energy was routed by way of the home's rebar and focused that etheric energy into the chimney and onto the metal back plate found inside of the chimney. This energetic metal black plate would ionize the air inside the chimney and route the etheric energy out of the fireplace through the air ducts connected to the inside of the chimney, which opened up rooms found throughout the home. This etheric energy would provide acoustical heating to anyone near the fireplace, air ducts, or anyone in and around the Tartarian home. All this advanced technology was created, designed, and built only by the now called Great Tartari Empire. Asia, Africa, Europe, Oceania, and the Americans were part of a single high civilization. They call it Sisvian Tartar Aryan, A-R-I-A-N, where all that Aryan race business comes from, who mixed with the red, black, and white, yellow races. Well, they didn't mix with any races, right? <laughs> they taught them all they knew and built one worldwide architecture entirely focused on the extraction of electromagnetic energy. See how these stories all start to become highly, highly confusing, right? Try to explain this Tartarian stuff to your friends and relatives over dinner one night. <laughs> watch as their eyes collectively roll up into their heads and they go, yeah, that's our crazy relative again. Okay, this technology is the same to 7,000 years. The Tartarian architecture undergoes slight modifications and influences according to the local characteriz characterizations of climate, culture, 
and material resources, but maintains the basic principle throughout the world. It is characterized by the use of arch openings, columns, domes, towers, in addition to details such as rose windows and mukharas. What that is, I don't know. M-U-Q-A-R-N-A-S. Symbols of vibration of electromagnetic energy, which acts on molecules and changes the behavior of cells. See, right, right, right. They're talking about this stuff is changing the behavior of cells, right? <laughs> Did they make it an omission they didn't mean to make? <laughs> okay. All Tartarian power stations, small and large, had pipe organs to harmonize and heal the population through sound waves, which is now known as cymatics c-y-m-a-t-i-c-s they call these people the parasites okay so i'll just keep using their word okay i call them psychopaths but they refer to them as parasites okay the parasites invading forces that defeated tartaria appropriated their palaces and red power stations worldwide and turned it into universities museums theaters banks prefectures, chambers of commerce, stock exchange, churches, high school, ports, banks, post office, libraries, opera theaters, biomedical research institutes, casinos, and tourist attractions, as well as cathedrals, synagogues, and churches of artificially created religions. So they're saying that um, there were these palaces there, okay? And these Tartarian people got defeated, and they got kicked out of their palaces. And they had all these red power stations worldwide, okay? But the parasites turned them into universe. See how they get these things complicated. So the parasites were the ones who invaded the Tartarians, knocked them out of their palaces and stuff, and because they were so rich and stuff, and turn them into museums and stuff. All the architecture and technology of the superior civilization of Tartaria was stolen and passed into the hands of the invader parasites who created the current ignorant civilization. Well, I would like to cut to the chase. It's as simple as we're on a game board, okay? These people cannot explain the different cultures. They can't explain why do we have Chinese, why do we have black. The only thing that explains it is we are, in fact, on a game board. And if they keep you focused on stupid information, you're not going to be at your best skill level. How do you get at your best skill level on the game board? Listen to your own instincts. Stop making everybody else your seeing eye dog, okay? You don't need a seeing eye dog on social media. You have a highly capable brain of your own. <laughs> okay. So, let me finish this person's paragraph here. All the architecture and technology of the superior civilization of Tartary was stolen and passed into the hands of the invader parasites who created the current ignorant civilization. And they close with, believe it or not, it's up to you. Please add if you need more information like this. So, um, there's also a video that everybody seems to find to be very popular, and I'll give you the title of it. It is called Generating Electricity. Would this be the kind of technology that Tartaria had and that is being suppressed? 
See, the more they, they play these little psychological chain, child games, right? It's being suppressed. Somebody else has got it. <laughs> They're taking it from you. Do you notice the patterns here? <laughs> the more the people want electricity, right? <laughs> and the more they're going to demand electricity. Well, I would have to say that it certainly does take all of our collective eyes away from the destructive power of electricity, now doesn't it? Okay. It makes us want electricity like a passion, right? And here was one comment from this last group, okay, he said, and this was that video, generating electricity, would this be the kind of technology that Tartaria had and that is being suppressed, okay? The comment was, I have been fascinated by this video ever since I first saw it on John Levy's channel, that's J-O-N-L-E-V-I, the biggest liar around is Tartaria stuff, okay? I like the sound it gives off, and it makes one wonder just how many buildings were like this back before the reset, especially the old photos of buildings and all the antitech on the roofs. I love John Levy, his content. It's one of my favorite channels on Odyssey. Well, go over and look at real nosy Parker and look at John a little closer yourself, okay? There's a lot of money in lies, okay? There's more money in lies than the truth, trust me. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> because all these people kept talking about church steeples and stuff, right? Before it totally entered my brain what was really going on about this. No, it's entering my brain through silence and a lot of help, right? <laughs> my brain is pretty addled at this point. So, <laughs> so I went off because the consistency of getting power from church steeples and stuff and all the logistics of all that never could fall into the logical part of my brain right um, because <clears throat> I started looking around <coughs> and at first I kind of believed the church part because this country was founded the deception was started this way it's not complicated I've done shows about all this early on they set out who populated all these towns, <clears throat> like the one I'm sitting in right now in Nebraska? Who populated these towns? Well, there came a preacher. <laughs> there came a banker. The banker came a little bit later on. There came a uh, police officer. So right now we have the banker, policeman, and the church person, right? See how this starts to work, right? How it all starts to work. And who talks to everybody? Everybody talks to the preacher, right? So anyway, so yeah, so um, so I did look into church steeples and stuff because there's so many of them, right? So I thought, well, maybe in the early days when they were cooking up this country, which by the way, I did a show about this. It's called balloon framing. That's how this country in the United States is mainly constructed. Another point about why this is a game board, right? Because the construction techniques used in U.S. construction is called balloon framing. When I worked in the convention industry and designed and created trade show booths, that was also the process used for trade shows and staging because balloon framing is not meant to last the test of time. So in the early, very early times, yes, you do see a lot of brick buildings in yeah, but, but then you mainly see balloon framing. And I did a show about all this. I'm not going to get into it. But 
it was so I so I so I, so I really was thinking that because all this construction of churches and stuff was going on in the mid 1800s maybe they did put up those church steeples to get electricity but the sheer logistics okay if you stop for even two seconds okay and you thought about it okay how exactly would these people let's say those church steeples were really gathering up electricity okay well <laughs> how they explain how it worked doesn't make a rat's bit of sense to me okay because I looked into church and it says church steeples have a long history and serve several purposes one reason for their existence is traditional but also remember back to the show church steeples also are pagan right that's why they all have steeples because it's their it's their nod to their paganism okay steeples also help to identify the building as a place of worship and create a landmark they're also considered beautiful architectural features and symbolically draw our eyes heavenward see this is what concerns me about all that in the last show i was talking about all these um chemtrails right keep looking up and you're not looking at what's sitting right next to you right because my when i started this research 25 years ago my biggest concern was who are the ones sitting right next to us well it turns out a lot of them right okay so um because they always want us looking up and stuff everywhere but everywhere but right next to us is what I'm, my point here okay according then i looked up the stats i love this chat thing from bing right I looked up the stats. According to the Hartford Institute for Religious Research, there are roughly 350,000 religious congregations in the United States. And so, yeah, so I couldn't see the logic. You know, I, I get the fact, I get it that possibly the churches may generate some electricity, but I couldn't get <laughs> how it actually logically worked, right? Okay. And here's where we get to the information and um, there's a person named Aaron Dover A-A-R-O-N Dover D-O-V-E-R and he's over there on BitChute okay and I have one or so of his shows over on my website but I'll get to that in a minute here and um, so I was over there because I ran into Aaron's work a few years ago, and um, he makes a very good case for the lie that is, do airplanes need gas or whatever fuel they use? And no, they don't. They're using harvested technology that previously existed for us, right? And here again, another gambling thing. What can they fluctuate the prices wildly of? And that would be airplanes, right? But he had a show and that is what set me off on this electricity thing okay because he also believes that electricity is harvested so i agree with everybody electricity is harvested okay but where i was having this stumbling block was how okay so so then i first started thinking about the dams okay we have all these dams and that never made sense to me how they generate electricity from dams yeah i looked at all the shows i see what they're saying how it works but it never registered in my brain okay um so he has a show aaron dober the truth about the pyramids of giza and dams are a genocidal psyop and i thought wow okay why are dams a psyop? Because all along, wasn't it during 
FDR and all the new deals, they were creating dams all around this country as a good deal, right? And as a way to give us electricity. <laughs> so I was looking at, do we really get electricity from dams? And I ran back into this person, Aaron Dover, and he had this show. And I'll just give you the recap. It says, the dams are not built to create electricity. The dams do not produce electricity. Electricity is harvested using towers, power lines, and skyscrapers. Dams are built to cause droughts and limit the water supply. And I don't know why he says this, but I'll read it. The pyramids of Giza were not built, no, excuse me, the pyramids of Giza were built in the 1700s to 1800s. The pyramids are not thousands of years old. Ancient Egyptian civilization never existed. They're fake civilizations. Yeah, of course, we've talked about that. I mean, I'm almost out of breath on the subject. Okay, so then that got me off going. But first, let's get a basis here, okay? Because what they're doing with electricity is there's several ways that they're charging us for electricity. They're saying that they're getting electricity from dams. They say they're hauling in a bunch of coal to produce this electricity, okay? But I'll cut to the chase here. All of our electricity actually comes from power plants, okay? <laughs> so, you see, I couldn't connect any of this stuff, right? And then it connected power plants, right? It doesn't need to be churches and steeples all around the world. They have power plants, and I have one right here in Nebraska. And in a minute, I will walk you through how I figured this out because... <laughs> It's actually pretty genius on their part, this trick, okay? <laughs> and my other point is I would like you to follow along and maybe jot down some notes because we have all, all of us collectively, okay, been remiss in not understanding where our power and water comes from, okay? Those are very critical elements coming up on the game board, okay? So get out your pencils, kids, because today we're going to learn about our own specific power that we can rely on or not rely on in the future and our water supplies, okay? And we've all been a little bit remiss in not understanding these pretty key elements. So what I want to do is I asked my friend at chat, <laughs> Bing Chat, some things, and I just loved it, sitting here having a cup of coffee, and I... I came up with some statistics so we can understand how big the scam is, okay? <laughs> how much have we all been getting charged for electricity that they have actually harvested that was free, okay? So here again, I have to bring this up. We pay for our own <laughs> eugenics on this game board. <laughs> they have flipped the switch around to the point that we, as the working bees, working class people, are paying all these exorbitant electricity fees, which I argue are murdering us in our own homes. Go listen to my show about that. And um, I would, I will ask you once more, okay? Please, please, please get those windows open. If you need to get some bars on your windows so they can't be easily accessible, I never understood how they came up with windows, these screens that just lift right up. But they have some really nice, you don't have to go full ghetto like I have with the bars on the outside of your windows. You, They have some really nice discreet bars you can put on the inside of your windows. 
but get that fresh air going. Stop using all this electricity. Well, I mean, you may want to end up like me, but I kind of doubt it. But remember, <laughs> electricity is no bueno, okay? No good, okay? Uh, so it'll save you money and buy some fans right now while they're not at a horrendous price. When everybody kicks into the fact that air conditioning is going to be very expensive soon, get some fans. Take action, okay? Take action. So anyway, so so I looked into the financial part of this scam first, just so we can take a look at how how big <laughs> how big the scope of how much they have robbed all of us. And like I said in the last show, please consider this the power of electricity to harm us not only physically, but what about all the poor people in countries that are being zapped with all this cold weather or all the hot weather and they in order to get a little bit of relief from the cold or the hot weather are forced to rely on electricity or they suffer so there's there's a very evil dark side also to this electricity okay so electricity prices vary widely around the world and sometimes now remember i got this from my friend at chat bang okay so I'm encouraging you to then go look at your part of the world. How, how, how do you fit into all this, okay? I'm just going to give you the generals. So electricity prices may vary wildly. This is a gambling thing, right? Across the world and sometimes even within a country itself, depending on factors like infrastructure, geography, and politically determined taxes and levies. <laughs> For example, in Germany and Italy, taxes make up a significant portion of residential end-user electricity prices. And keep in mind, Germany and Italy, they're getting this for free. They're screwing you, okay? So let, let, let's keep our eye on the ball here and your head on the swivel, right? If we averaged out the electricity prices in every country in the world, we would arrive at, let me see, 14.2 U.S. cents per kilowatt for household users and 12.7 U.S. cents for business and that's the global average electricity price. 12.2 cents per kilowatt or 12.7 U.S. cents per kilowatt. And th this person writes this stuff in an interesting way. I'll just read it, okay? It says, according to my sources, some of the countries with the highest electricity prices include Germany, Bermuda, Denmark, Portugal, Belgium, Cayman Islands, Bahamas, Camp Verde, Ireland, and Japan. Get out your pitchforks. <laughs> you got it the worst, okay? And then it went on to say, and I, I kept cueing it, right? Because it'll, it'll trigger you to, to follow the thought. And if you stay on the one chat GPT, chat thread it'll it'll keep your mouth anyway it's terrific stuff okay so, so and then it went on to say according to my sources some of the countries with the lowest electricity prices include Sudan Venezuela Iran Ethiopia and Kazakhstan the U.S. average electricity prices are $0.07 cents and $0.1.7, cents, respectively. They're lower than the global average electricity price per household users and business users, which means that power in the U.S. 
is a tiny bit cheaper than the world average. <laughs> I like the way this was a tiny bit cheaper. Okay. In 2020, the average residential consumers, and remember, it's gone skyrocketing since then, but I had to go with what my friend told me. <laughs> go look for more current data on your own, okay? In 2020, the average residential consumer's electricity bill in Europe was 21.26 cents per kilowatt. And that's a big increase because average increase in U U USA was 1.7, okay? The average values vary significantly across the European countries, ranging from 9.97 cents per kilowatt in Bulgaria to 30.43 cents in Germany. Electricity prices vary widely across the world and sometimes even within a country itself. Oh, I already read that part. Sometimes they tell you the same stuff over again. Okay. Um, there are several factors that can influence electricity prices. Some of these factors include, I already read that, the chat, chat banger, let me down here. Okay, okay, geo, oh, excuse me. Okay, here are some factors that I didn't list earlier. The geopolitical situation, bang, bang, bang. The national energy mix, import diversification, network costs, environmental protection costs, severe weather conditions, or levels of excise and taxation. You see how it seems to me they've taken one product, <laughs> being energy, and compounded into a lot of other expenses, right? However, I did find some information on electricity prices in some Asian countries. For example, in 2018, the top five countries with the highest power rate surveyed in Asia were Japan, Philippines, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Thailand. The average retail electricity prices in Africa, and remember, I was at, these are all different questions. They didn't just give me all this in one thing. If you're thinking, oh, that's great, you just key in one question, you get all, no, you don't get all this. this is, <laughs> I kept asking different questions. <laughs> the average retail price for electricity in Africa vary widely across the continent. For example, in 2016, the national average retail electricity ranged from 490 US dollars per megawatt hour in Liberia to 24.4 US dollars per megawatt hour in Ethiopia. Phew. So um, the United States has been increasing its production of renewable energy sources such as wind and solar. However, compared to some European countries that are world leaders in the use of renewable energies, the U.S. Approaches, approach to renewable energy is often considered to be lagging behind. Well, they have just set up what they've done. This is just psychological warfare. What they've done is, um, and some of these solar places are here in Nebraska, <laughs> because I believed it, right? Um, they've just installed some of these solar things around the world that are fake, and we all thought they were real, right? <laughs> Just like our friend uh, Dane and the solar business, right? Yeah, some little solar things certainly work well. You know, my neighbors have some solar lights out there. I can see that they work, but I don't think you should solar your entire house because that's turned out to be quite the scam, but not the time or place to get into that now. But people have lost millions on that solar scam. 
being convinced if they set up solar panels, they'd help the environment. Well, those panels are highly toxic to the environment, so maybe that could have been considered first, but hey, what do I know, right? Okay, now, <clears throat> then I was into all this renewable energy business, right? They're always, this is, this is big, such a big shuffling game board here, right? Okay, the use of non-renewable energy sources, that would be things like fuel, right? because fuel is not renewable, okay? In several ways. Fuel prices, excuse <coughs> me, <coughs> fuel prices for non-renewable sources, such as natural gas and petroleum, may increase during periods of high electricity demand and when there are fuel supply constraints or disruptions because of extreme weather events and accidental damage to transportation and delivery infrastructure. Higher fuel prices, in turn, may result in higher costs to generate electricity. <laughs> and who, who creates the weather? Who creates all these disruptions? They must look at a map and think, hey, you know what? Income is pretty well down, so how about if we zip a hurricane over to Louisiana, and that way we can jack up the rates. And yes, I did look up Texas, so I'll get to that in a minute here. So, so <clears throat> this is, in fact, hiding in plain sight, if there ever was one, okay? So... I'm going to play you a clip right now because this is, remember in this game board, they have to have reasons why things happened, right? So Tesla becomes the reason why they came up with electricity, okay? And it's kind of an interesting story. And um, yeah, it's how they weave these things in because remember, they're using old technology. I, I can't say that enough, okay? These people have not created a single thing. They are not that smart. They just have everybody thinking they're that smart, right? Which is actually a very clever move, okay? And I always give credit where due. This electricity thing is gold genius as far as how they can rob us, okay? They get to murder us with the electricity and they get to rob us with high utility bills. So anyway, so let's understand First, this whole deal with Westinghouse and how they say that all of this stuff got invented, okay? And um, how Tesla entered the picture here. I'm getting so much help from the energy because, I don't know, I never really connected Tesla to any of this. And just the other day, I thought, hey, wait a minute, how does this all work? So let's, let's take a look, okay, at how Tesla <laughs> fits into this scam, okay? And what a feminine-looking face they put on that Tesla person. Fake person, right? Okay, let's go. Oh, wait a second here. <laughs> At least I'm consistent. I need to plug in my speaker. Okay. And while I'm doing that, let me redo it. Unique ability to look at problems and come up with solutions. The clip is called Westinghouse. Westinghouse Electricity Company. Okay, so let's go ahead here. He's on his own but he was also willing to take other ideas from other people. If he had to buy ideas or buy patents, he did. In a miraculous three weeks, Mr. Westinghouse and his staff redesigned the Golliard and Gibbs Transformer. Golliard and Gibbs certainly had the idea correct. It was the mechanical part of actually 
of manufacturing and building these transformers that they came up short. It was a rather crude device when Westinghouse acquired it. The Westinghouse Electric Company was started on March 8, 1886 in the Garrison Alley Works in Pittsburgh. The Garrison Alley operation was really a, a research operation, a developmental operation. He was working on a number of projects there, including the transformer. He was interested in developing ideas into products and products into companies and companies providing employment. In the beginning, Westinghouse Electric didn't have it easy. Along with research into alternating current, it was about that time that Westinghouse began to seriously compete with Edison in the incandescent lamp business, with a full plant making single pin lamps, which were a slightly different design than the Edison screw-in bulbs. This was the beginning of the Battle of the Currents, the fierce competition between Westinghouse and Edison for domination in the electrical field would not end for another decade. Interestingly, it resulted in one of the earliest known format wars, between which standard of light bulb and socket would be the dominant one. Customers who chose to go with Westinghouse single pin sockets could buy this clever adapter to use Edison screw-in bulbs. A few commercial alternating current plants were put into operation over the next few months, but there were still problems. Even though AC power could be generated in large bulk and transmitted many miles away to light cities, there was still no practical AC motor, and thus, no practical way to power machines with alternating current. Electricity is a relatively new type of tradable commodity. Oh, wait a second. Several characteristics <laughs> differentiate it from other commodities. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I was sitting here reading something, and <laughs> I touched the wrong screen, so let me get back here. Um, unique ability okay, wait to a look at problems and come up with solutions. Sorry about that. It was three weeks. Mr. Weston Gibbs Transformer. Go correct. It was the and building these transformers that okay, they came up short. It was a rather crude device when Westinghouse acquired it. The Westinghouse Electric Company was started on March 8, 1886 in the Garrison Alley Works in Pittsburgh. The Garrison Alley operation was really a, a research operation, a developmental operation. He was working on a number of projects there, including the transformer. He was interested in developing ideas into products and products into companies and companies providing employment. In the beginning, Westinghouse Electric didn't have it easy. Along with research into alternating current, it was about that time that Westinghouse began to seriously compete with Edison in the incandescent lamp business, with a full plant making single pin lamps, which were a slightly different design than the Edison screw-in bulbs. This was the beginning of the Battle of the Currents, the fierce competition between Westinghouse and Edison for domination in the electrical field would not end for another decade. Interestingly, it resulted in one of the earliest known format wars, between which standard of light bulb and socket would be the dominant one. Customers who chose to go with Westinghouse single pin sockets could buy this clever adapter to use Edison screw-in bulbs. A few commercial alternating current plants were put into operation over the next few months, but there were still problems. 
Even though AC power could be generated in large bulk and transmitted many miles away to light cities, there was still no practical AC motor, and thus no practical way to power machines with alternating current. Electricity oh is God. a relatively new I'm so type sorry. of <laughs> It's a hard day today, right there. Where's Tesla? Even though AC power could be just way to light cities, there was still practical AC motor and no practical way to power machines with alternating current. Electricity is a relatively new... T okay, here it is. This is where Tesla comes into the picture.
unique ability to look at problems and come up with solutions of his own. But he was also... Okay, that was weird. I heard that one. Okay. Wait a second. Okay, let me get back to here. Okay, so now we know a little bit more about the story about how electricity got started, right? You notice the mid-1800s? And Tesla comes into the picture. Poor Tesla digging ditches. Okay, so... Because they have to explain how these things get started, right? So, okay. Now, let me get back to my coffee here. Okay. So, um, now I'm going to go through the logistics of electricity, okay? Because it's important for us to know all this. There are several ways to harvest electricity from the air. One way is through wind energy, where the kinetic energy of air in motion is converted into electricity. In modern wind turbines, wind rotates the rotor blades, which convert kinetic energy into rotational energy. This rotational energy is transferred by a shaft to a generator, thereby producing electrical energy. Another way to harvest electrical energy to excuse me, another way to harvest electricity from the air is through the use of radio waves. Researchers have developed metasurface based antennas that can harvest energy from radio waves, such as those used in cell phone networks or Bluetooth connections. There are several different sources of energy that can be used to there are several different sources of energy that can be used to generate electricity. These include fossil fuels, and those are things like coal, natural gas, and oil are commonly used to generate electricity by burning them to produce steam that der- drives a turbine connected to a generator. And this is a part that has missed almost the majority of the entire world, okay, and all this clean energy lie that's going on, right? Because, um, well, <laughs> electricity comes from coal, right? <laughs> What's fueling all those electricity vehicles? Well, coal, right? <laughs> Not really electricity. It's co- The source is coal. We just call it electricity, right? <laughs> Matter of fact, China is in deep, deep, deep trouble with all their electric vehicles over there. Those things are just blowing up all over the place. So anyways, okay, so we have fossil fuels, just so we understand the terminology, okay? Fossil fuels, coal, natural gas, and oil, okay? Nuclear energy. Nuclear power plants use nuclear reactors to produce heat that is used to generate steam that drives a turbine connected to a generator. And I must interject some very serious stuff right here because if you follow me and believe the fact that they're getting electricity for free from the air, right? In these power plants, and I'll be explaining all this stuff and so we'll all understand it, okay? So if they're getting this stuff for free, doesn't it make nuclear energy a lot more, well, I don't know, evil? <laughs> Why all the nuclear energy plants, right? If they don't need nuclear energy to make electricity because it comes from the air, 
WTF about nuclear plants, okay? Okay, renewable energy. Okay, so renewable energy, that term. Renewable energy sources such as wind, solar, hydroelectric, like from those dams, and geothermal energy can also be used to generate electricity. For example, wind turbines convert the kinetic energy of wind into electrical energy, while solar panels convert sunlight into electricity. The mix of energy sources used to generate electricity varies by region and can, ch can change over time due to factors such as changes in technology and government policies. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Renewable energy is energy that is generated from natural resources that are replenished over time. These resources include sunlight, wind, rain, tides, and geothermal heat. Renewable energy sources are considered to be more sustainable than non-renewable sources such as fossil fuels because they do not deplete finite resources or produce harmful emissions. Some common forms of renewable energy include solar power, wind power, hydroelectric power, and geothermal. So who manages all this stuff, you might be asking at this point. Where, where, what happens with all this stuff? Well, it all goes through regulations, right? <laughs> it goes through a group called a Public Utility Commission. And you'll have to look. It's going to be different if you're in a different country. But these details are critical to know about, okay? A P or Public Utility Commission, or also referred to as PUC, is a regulatory body established by state legislatures to oversee and regulate public utilities such as electricity, natural gas, water, sewage, and telecommunication. So the group we're looking at that's running this scam is called the PUC, right? You always see this is what I what I really like to do about when I do research is I want to know who who who's who's running these scams right what do they look like <laughs> okay PUCs are responsible for ensuring that utilities provide safe reliable and affordable services to customers they regulate the rates and services of utilities and may also have a role in approving new infrastructure projects. And see, this is what the reason I'm going through all these steps is when you're looking at things on your own, keep in mind the little people that we don't notice so much, you know, like this PUC group, are usually the ones doing the most harm, kind of like behind the scenes, right? But they're not really behind the scenes, we just haven't really looked, right? So um, it said um, the PUCs are regulatory bodies established by state legislators to oversee and regulate public utilities. They do not generate revenue in the same way that a for-profit business does. Instead, PUCs are typically funded through a combination of state appropriations and fees collected from the utilities they regulate. The specific funding mechanisms for PUCs vary state by state. So then I started digging more into these PUCs. <laughs> P 
PUCs are typically run by a board of commissioners who are appointed by the governor or elected by the public. The specific process for selecting commissioners varies state by state. And I would say that the if you get on the PUC board, you're in a pretty powerful position, just like these state school boards, right? Commissioners are responsible for overseeing the operation of the PUC and making decisions on regulatory matters. Okay, so um, the utility companies claim that they're getting electricity from fossil fuels, right? Now that we know that fossil fuels are things like coal and stuff, right? Okay, so what I took was what they say, and then I looked at the power plant in my state of Nebraska to tell you the specifics. So, utility companies generate electricity by converting various sources of energy into electrical power. These sources can include fossil fuel such as coal, natural gas, and oil, as well as renewable sources such as wind, solar, hydroelectric, and geothermal energy. So, let me interject here. If they're not really doing wind, solar, hydroelectric, or geothermal energy, okay, what we're really looking at, that's all a lie, okay? And if you don't think it's a lie, then look further because I'm 100%. We're not doing solar. We're not doing all this stuff, okay? So all of the cost burden, what they're claiming, comes from coal, natural gas, and oil, right? Those would be the things they're their highest cost burdens, right? The electricity generated is then transmitted through power lines to homes and businesses. In some regions, utilities operate as vertically integrated monopolies with oversight from public utility commissions. In these regions, retail electricity prices are set based on recovering the utility's operating and investment costs along, alongside a fair rate of return of those investments. And this is the beauty of this whole crime of the game board here, right? These people have figured out a way to rob all of us and they don't even need a mask <laughs> or a weapon, right? <laughs> All they needed was a writing pen, okay? Something you write with to write up all these rules, build these buildings. They didn't have to overpower us. They didn't have to overtake us. They didn't... <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so... So, basically, it's set up that they can, they can say they're using all these different powers, okay? So, I thought, well, let me take... Let me give you a specific example here, because I looked at all these things before I obviously decided that electricity is a scam, right? So what did I look at first? Well, the killer knows that I live in Nebraska, so I just picked my own state. Let me see here. Um, yeah, I was wondering the other day, I wonder if I'm getting higher utility, higher utility bills because of that transformer in my house is murdering us. <laughs> they probably have figured out a way to charge me for it. <laughs> Okay, just stay on the game board, kids. Stay on the game boards, and on your worst days, tell yourself that soon this will be all be over with. Okay, so. Okay, so let me get down to where I was. Okay, let's start with Nebraska. Okay. 
because we have a big, big power thing here. Okay. And I was unaware that there's a nuclear plant here, okay? This is why I'm suggesting that follow my logic here if, if you're interested, okay? And you can come up with these same cube questions. Some of these questions I asked, some of them the chat um, being prompted me to ask, okay? So I was asking questions about electricity and power plants in Nebraska, okay? Okay. And the answer was, yes, every state in the USA has its own power stations to generate electricity. Because, see, right here, right here, all this madness over this Tartaria business, shooting off buildings and all this other kind of madness that probably has consumed billions of hours of people's time, well, it always ends up being the simple logic, right? Starting back from that crazy chen of theirs, it's always a simple answer because... The thing is, is that it is all, <laughs> they're getting it all for free, and they have figured out a way to manipulate top dollar to the rest of this, okay? Which, in fact, only punishes the most vulnerable, okay? Only the most vulnerable get hit by this. And also, you have to factor in a lot of things, because all these dangerous trains running through our working class towns and stuff right now, all of these chemicals and stuff that they say that they're using for to generate electricity, that they're probably just shifting around, right? Because I've got some statistics I'll show you as far as what they say they're getting in coal. So they say they're getting all this coal and stuff to run these plants and stuff, right? Well, those that coal and all that stuff goes on dangerous trains. <laughs> all that dangerous stuff from nuclear energy, all that ends up in our small town communities, okay? So... There's a lot to think about when you look at the overall um, theft of money that they're now getting from free electricity is the actual harm to the rest of us, right? So, and here's the other thing too, they have the entire world convinced that we need electricity, right? So imagine at your next, at your next family outing or barbecue, mention to your cousin Charles that um, <laughs> you think electricity should be free and it comes out of the sky. <laughs> And then, yeah, just, just mention in a crowded room that you think that electricity is free and they're getting it from the sky and that they don't really need to use coal and all that. <laughs> Watch how fast you'll be escorted from the room. So it's actually, what I'm trying to say here, it's actually a pretty brilliant plan because that would be the reaction, right? Go try to tell somebody that electricity is one big scam. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> It's just crazy making stuff. It's kind of like, in a, in a broader range, this electricity thing is like all that chemtrail stuff I was just talking about, right? Because um, you start mentioning these topics, and right away, everybody looks at you like you've gone insane, right? <laughs> and the crazy part is, is that it's not even true, right? All these people ostracizing themselves from their own family units based on lies that they got from social media just makes them look crazier and crazier, right? And this one, I have to say, if you repeat this one to anybody, you, in fact, will be in the crazy seat, right? <laughs> because no one can imagine a world without electricity, okay? And then no one can imagine that somebody would cook up <laughs> such an insane plot, right, to not only murder us, but, but, but to destroy our, our sense of being by robbing our money, 
you know, those surprise electricity bills really do hit, hit us working class people quite dramatically, right? Then you start getting hit with the extra fees because you didn't pay it on time. It's, it's a big deal. So, Okay, so let's take a look at Nebraska, okay? So they're saying that they get it from coal, natural gas, nuclear energy, hydroelectricity, wind, solar, and other sources, okay? About two-thirds of Nebraska's electricity is generated by coal-fired power plants, okay? Two-thirds, okay? Slightly less than one-third is produced by nuclear power plants, and my, my head just shot up at that point because I had no idea there was a nuclear power plant in the state of Nebraska. I admit full ignorance, and I really think we need to get a handle on this stuff. <laughs> You should be jotting down if you have a nuclear plant in your area, okay? You also should be making note if you have a U.S. Air Force base, which is all found to be highly contaminated. So, oh, let me let me say this. This is, like, critical. Last night I was thinking, <clears throat> after the show with the chemtrails, <laughs> it's probably as simple as this, okay? Full disclosure, my father was a U.S. Air Force officer and he was a navigator and he flew during Korean War. I was born today 72 years ago during the Korean War. Today's my birthday. I turned 72 years old. And maybe I keep thinking I keep thinking my 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 job or gig as you kids would say on the game board maybe up. Maybe maybe uncover this electricity thing is really up because when I turn off the microphone, I really don't know because that is how guided I'm getting at this point because we're in pretty rough shape. So anyway, so yeah, so um, oh oh, let me finish that thought. So the chemtrails, right? Well, look at a map, okay? There's U.S. military bases all over the world, okay? Well, why <laughs> those planes flying, right? We all acknowledge there's planes flying in the air, right? Well, how do you think those pilots get trained if they don't take them out and fly those planes? <laughs> I mean, it usually is a simple answer, right? So they have to do training. My dad had to go up in planes to get trained to become a navigator to go into the Korean War. So, yeah, so uh, it's probably just really as simple as that, right? So where do they send those planes when they're traveling, when they're, when they're training those people like my dad to be navigators or the other people to become pilots? <laughs> well, they would go up in the air, right? <laughs> so... That just may be the simple logical reason why we see so many of them because where do they train these pilots if they don't? The U.S. Air Force has billions of planes and stuff and millions of pilots and stuff. They need training so they go up in the air and they fly around. So, I don't mean to oversimplify, but a lot of these things that they spook us with and create a lot of fear with end up being... <laughs> I really give them a full deal of credit for this, okay? <laughs> because, yeah, it likely is a bunch of training pilots and navigators like my dad zooming around up there overhead, and sometimes they shoot out some steam and sometimes they don't. <laughs> but you have to decide, do you believe me or do you believe that Dane guy? So, anyway, so let's continue on with Nebraska. And, yeah, I shouldn't have been surprised that there's a nuclear plant in my own state, okay? <laughs> but I was, so take this as my encouragement to looky-looky for yourselves, okay? So, let me see here. Well, in case you're wondering, the kiddos are coming out for their um, break. Um, okay, so. 
Okay. About two thirds of Nebraska's electricity coal fired power plants, okay? One third by nuclear power plants, which makes me wonder even more what is that nuclear power plant in my state really doing, okay? <laughs> I know it's not doing this. I know it's not doing this, okay? And a slim percentage comes from hydroelectric plants on the Missouri and Platte Rivers and at Kingsley Dam on the Lake McCuggy in western Nebraska. So that's where my water comes from, okay? The Missouri and Platte Rivers and at Kingsley Dam, okay? So now I have a little bit more evidence of my surroundings, right? Which I should have had probably 20 years ago, but anyway, so. As of 2019, Nebraska had 1,340. 57 generating units with a total capacity of 9,945.5 megawatts. I don't know if I have that number right, but in the, I don't know if I have the digits right. <laughs> but anyways, these power plants generate electricity using sources such as coal, natural gas, nuclear, hydroelectricity, wind, solar, and other sources. Well, you know, it looks to me like three two-thirds is coming from coal, okay? So, uh, and my next question was how many electricity power stations? Because that's when I zoomed into this power station deal here, right? Because I was looking at how many churches, how many steeples, and I thought, oh, wait a minute here, power stations, <laughs> that's, where they're, that's where they're grabbing this stuff from the air, right? Okay, Nebraska is unique in that all electric, electrical utilities are publicly owned as you municipal is I got to focus here okay are publicly publicly owned as municipal systems public districts or rural cooperatives the state has few fossil fuel reserves but has abundant renewable generation and agriculture resources it is increasing, it is an increasing harvester of wind energy and a major producer of biofuels, primarily ethanol, with further potential for biomass generation. Well, this, this little, the Bing person disappointed me on that one. <laughs> so, uh, we don't know what that said. Okay, so my next question was, where does Nebraska get the coal from? Because I wanted to see how specific are they. I don't know where this coal comes from, where, where it goes. I guess I guess it, it's it's hidden around those power plants, right? <laughs> That's why they always put things behind plants and security measures and all that kind of stuff. Okay, Nebraska does not have any significant coal reserves and has no coal production. The coal consumed in Nebraska arrives by rail and truck from the nearby low sulfur coal fields in Wyoming's Power River Basin. For example, the Nebraska Public Power District uses low sulfur coal from Wyoming's Power River Basin as fuel to generate steam to turn each of the plant's turbines. You have to, excuse me, I have to read very slow because something about this radiation, you start to kind of flip. Well, I'm glad I got all my work done when I did. Because <laughs> it's just getting much, much worse. Okay, so the coal is transported by Union Pacific Railroad using coal cars owned by the NPPD. NPPD is the, Nash, 
is Norfolk Public Cowardice. I'll just be calling it NPPD for now, okay? The coal is transported by Union Pacific Railroad using coal cars owned by NPPD. Rail spurs to each plant are also owned by NPPD. The reason I looked up the coal stuff was because of all these train crashes around this country. That's, that's how they rigged that deal, too. All these uh, variable prices of transportation and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, so, and also, <coughs> excuse me, also, it creates, with these rail companies and stuff, it creates a, um, well, well, they like these chaotic situations, right? Because if a train wrecks, you have a very hard time really suing who really did the wreck, right? Because these train cars are owned by themselves and they're run by the train companies. <laughs> yeah, it's something else. But anyway, so, um, so then I was asking, because I kept trying to drill down this question over the source of electricity in Nebraska. My question was, and these are just common questions. You can ask these questions and you will find the same answers, but look for your own state or part of the country, okay? In 2021, coal was the most common source of electricity in Nebraska. Accounting, see, this is now telling me it was 49% of its in-state electricity net generators. Wind was the second most common source, accounting for 25% of electricity generation followed by nuclear power at 18%. <laughs> well, I have to say, these numbers don't seem like they could possibly be true to me, right? Almost all the rest was generated from natural gas and hydropower. Well, okay, so, wait a second here. Okay, um, well, I don't know, one part they say they get two-thirds from coal, the other, let's not split here, the other they say they get it half, but I'm of the idea that they're not getting the stuff from the other places they're saying they are, but you'll have to thinky-thinky for yourself, okay? So then I was obviously wondering, where is this nuclear power plant, right? So I asked, how many nuclear power plants, because I found out earlier there was a nuclear power plant, <clears throat> so I prompted it to say, how many nuclear power plants are there in Nebraska? Nebraska has one operating nuclear power plant, the Cooper Nuclear Station, located in Nema, N-E-M-A-H-A County. The plant has pretty good capacity of 7-7, I don't understand these terms. Okay, what is the largest power plant? Because they, they talked earlier as far as having all these power plants, right? We have a nuclear power plant that you need to look for, right? But the state, or your state, will also have other power plants, right? Regular power plants, okay? The power plant, in my opinion, is where they are, in fact, harvesting the electricity from the air, okay? So, uh, I looked at what is the largest power plant in Nebraska. The largest power plant in Nebraska is the Gerald Gentleman Station which is Nebraska's largest electric generating facility, supplying enough electricity to serve 600,000 Nebraskans. The plant is located near Sutherland, Nebraska, and is owned by the NPPD, and it has a capacity of what? Okay, so I want to know more about this. Um, because supposedly all this wind power, this coal power and stuff, right? 
it is ending up at this power plant, this Gerald Gentleman Station, which is the largest one, but it's going to other ones, okay? So it, the coal and stuff supposedly gets shipped to this power plant, right? And from this power plant, the power plant comes into the sky through the wires and into our home. Simple as that, right? So then I circled back and I was looking a little bit more at this Cooper nuclear station, had my attention, right? Cooper, Cooper Nuclear Station, or CNS, is a boiling water reactor type nuclear power plant located on a 1,251 acre site near Brownsville, Nebraska, between Missouri River mile marker on Nebraska's border with Missouri. It is the largest single unit electrical generator in Nebraska. Okay, so now we know where the Cooper Nuclear Station is, right? But what is the Cooper Nuclear Station doing over there, we asked, right? <laughs> I don't know. All I can do is tell you what my friend at chat Bing said, okay? Cooper Nuclear Station, or CNS, is owned and operated by the NPD, a political subdivision of the state of Nebraska. Why it says political, I don't know. The facility is named after Guy Cooper Jr. and Guy Cooper Sr., natives of Humboldt, Nebraska. The senior Cooper's father, O.A. Cooper, built the first electrical plant in Humboldt in 1890. The first two Guy Coopers served a total of 27 years on the board of NPPD and its predecessor agency, Consumers Public Power District. Phew. CNS, or Cooper, was first put into operation, so I was looking at what's going on, what you want to, what, what, why you're looking for this stuff, okay? Because this reason, because what they're doing is they are claiming that a lot of these old nuclear plants are shutting down. And in some cases, they are claiming that it'll be perfectly fine for them to keep them up and active, okay? <laughs> so, I don't believe that those nuclear plants serve any purpose except for destroying the rest of us, right? I mean, what is the purpose of these nuclear plants, right? If we know it's not to generate cheap electricity, we have to really start to put our thinking caps on here, right? Okay, Cooper was first put into operation in July 1974 and generates approximately 835 electricity. This would be enough power to supply more than 350,000 residents during the hottest summers. The plant consists of a general electric series reactor plant and a Westinghouse turbine generator. It ha the plant has a Mark I containment system. And then what you do is you then take this information and explore out. You might want to ask yourself, if you live close to these things, <laughs> what is a Mark I containment center? So, okay, so in November 2010, CNS received its license renewal from the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Agency, extending it for an additional 20 years until January the 18th, 2034. So it was started in 1974. So they are really, really extending out these dates. And 
if you're on the game board, kids, I would take this information to heart, okay? Because why? Well, they're extending old technology because then their next step would be, whoops, we thought it would work. So anyway, so. So, 74 to 2010, they put in the renewal, okay? And they got another 20 years, okay? And I was trying to figure out how long it was supposed to be open for originally, and I really couldn't find any information about that, except for the license renewals, okay? And then I was looking more about the Gerald Gentleman Station. That's the biggest power plant. Oh, wait a minute. They do the emergency signaling every Tuesday. Is it this day, Tuesday? Yeah. No, it's Thursday. Huh. Um, a lot of places are testing their emergency things. People are so unorganized. They're testing phone systems to see if they can contact all the people, and people are getting messages on their phones and stuff. Well, I've never hooked up my phone to um, Wi-Fi. I'll let this sound way out. Yeah, it's supposed to go off on Tuesday. Why it's going off today, I have no clue, but... Um. Okay, so... So, yeah, so... Why... Why did it get renewed? And what are they doing there is my biggest question, right? Um, so then I was looking at the Gerald Gentleman Station. That's the biggest power plant in Nebraska. I also pulled up a picture of it. I like looking at pictures when I'm <coughs> looking at these things. It's a big one. <laughs> Okay, Gerald Gentleman Station, GGS, they love those G's now, don't they? Even that S in there, is Nebraska's largest electricity generating plant. Okay, consists of two coal-fired generating units launched into service in 1979 and 1982. Okay, so now we know a little bit more. the biggest power plant in Nebraska has two coal-fired generating units. <clears throat> the construction of Gerald Gentleman Station began in May of 1973. And that was about the same time they were cooking up that nuclear plant, right? Wasn't that 1974 I just read? And the first unit entered commercial service in April of 1979 at a cost of $335 the construction of the second unit began in June 1977, and it began its commercial service in January 1982, with an additional expenditure of $287 million. So, <clears throat> if I'm reading this correctly, okay, oh, let me finish. The facility is named after Gerald Gentleman, a Platte Center, Nebraska native, okay? Gerald Gentleman, two Gs, right? <laughs> Okay, so, so right here they spent $335 million and $287 million building something that, which must do, well, what's it doing, right? So, so then I started nosing around about, well, where's the coal coming from? This fake coal, or do they just ship in coal and act like they're burning coal? I, I really don't know. I can't figure out the rest of the plot here, but I know that they're not using the coal, but... Coal comes from Wyoming's Power River Basin by railroad. And when I talked about that, okay. And um, 
and they use Union Pacific and BNSF railways as long as as well as tracks that were built for this purpose by NPPD. Um, at full capacity, they burn as much as 800 tons of coal per hour. So if you really wanted to get clever here, you could do the math here. Go hang around Gerald Gentleman Station and see if they possibly received how much coal. <laughs> okay. Um, so then I started looking at uh, nuclear power operating reactors in the United States by state. Okay. And I would encourage you, I'm not going to read the list of the states, but that is a question you're looking for, okay? List of operating nuclear power reactors in the United States by state and name, okay? Just those simple words, okay? Some states have multiple electricity providers because they have deregulated their electricity markets. And I have talked about this in the past, but today... Uh, I did that harp show around the time that um, Texas got hit. So I, I dug up some data to further that because what happened to Texas is why they're doing this, okay? So they can trigger fear, create chaos in our families and all that. So wait a second here. Oh there. Someone's walking up here, some little cat, one of the cool cats. I'm trying to make sure she doesn't get anywhere near my keyboard. Okay, so some states have multiple electricity providers because they have deregulated. It, here is my favorite saying. Evil has to come packaged as help. How do they deregulation? Well, they convince people it was going to be better. Deregulation gives customers the ability to choose their energy supplier. Which crook do you want? Crook number one, crook number two, crook number three. So, uh, the ability to choose their energy supplier instead of only having the option to get energy from their local utility company. This forces energy suppliers to compete with one another, which helps key energy prices, which helps keep energy prices low and provides consumers the opportunity to save. Well, let's use Texas as an example of how well these deregulations work, okay? Because Texas, you know, Texas has its own military force. Seriously, I covered that in a show recently. Something's going on in Texas, but anyway, so. The power, I mean, they have their own power grid, right? They have their own U.S. military. I mean, I, I kid you not. Anyway, so the power grid in Texas is not like the rest of the United States. Texas has its own power grid that is independent from the rest of the U.S. and is operated by ERCOT. This is the keyword E-R-C-O-T-T. -T. I can hardly say this without laughing. A non-profit corporation. ERCOT, okay? The grid is called the Texas Intercontinental and is one of three minor grids in the United States power transmission grid. The other two minor interactions are the Quebec Intercontinental and the Alaska Intercontinental. The two major interconnects are the Eastern Interconnection and the Western Interconnection. And what that means, I'm not real sure. But anyway, so... Um, the Texas Interconnection is maintained as a separate grid 
see, there's all these grids. I, I can't explain. I'm not smart enough to really understand, except I can look at a map and see that there's grids, right? <laughs> but somehow Texas got their own grid, okay? Run as a nonprofit. You'll, you'll catch why I'm focusing on that now in a minute. Uh, the Texas Intercontinental is maintained as a separate grid for political rather than technical reasons, but can also draw some power from other grids using DC ties. By not crossing state lines, the synchronous power grid is the most is in most respects not subject to federal regulatory regulations. So Texas is not under federal regulation. Okay. There's lots of ways they've been playing this game board to rob and cheat us, kids. Okay. Um, Texas has its own power grid by choice to avoid federal regulation and to maintain self-reliance and independence. The grid was formed in the 1930s and 1940s after the Federal Power Act gave the federal government authority over interstate electricity sales. By not crossing state lines, Texas utilities avoided being subjected to federal rules. So what you're looking for was a act called the Federal Power Act, okay? That's when they grab the power on these things. One pot and I was looking for drawbacks. One potential drawback of avoiding federal regulation is that it can limit the ability of a state to receive assistance from other states during times of crisis. For example, during the winter storm in February 2021, Texas was unable to receive assistance from other states because its power grid is not connected to the rest of the country. In February 2021, Texas suffered a major power crisis during three severe winter storms. Of course, there's three, right? <clears throat> that swept across the United States in February. The storm triggered the worst energy infrastructure failure in Texas state history, leading to shortages of water, food, and heat. More than 4.5 million homes and businesses were left without power, some for several days. And also, what I learned from that Texas deal was that a lot of people in Texas who thought they were prepared and had, excuse me a second here, they thought they were prepared and had solar generators were out of luck because there was no sun. During this time, the sun was blocked, so blocking the sun is one of their favorite tricks, so yeah, beware. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, that's blocking my cord. <sighs> he was halfway over my cord before I realized it. Okay, now. Saved by the queue. Okay, so. <clears throat> so, of course, Texas suffered a crisis with three severe winter storms, right? When that hit, I finally got, <laughs> I finally got the harp show done. Because I thought, man, okay. The power outages in Texas during the winter storm in February 2021 were caused by a combination of factors.
States, power plants were not prepared for the freezing conditions and natural gas production froze, as did pipelines that transported the gas. The problem worsened as people turned up the heat, further increasing the demand for natural gas and contributing to the shortage at power plants that use the gas to produce electricity. See how they can manipulate all this into fear, horrible conditions for people, lots of deaths. So I was asking about the utility bills that people in Texas receive because I never got back to that. <coughs> Some residents with a lot of people, in just to give you oversight, a lot of people in Texas because they believed in this non, and this is my interpretation, okay? Because people in Texas believe in this ERCOT system, this nonprofit, right? They believe that things would be safe, right? Because they didn't believe that their bills would wildly escalate, right? So they put themselves on a variable rate power plant, meaning that when the power goes up, it goes down, up, down. Um, a few months back, the first thing I did was I put myself on what they called a budget plan, so I would at least know what my monthly was going to be. But anyway, so a lot of people got tricked, okay? So, <clears throat> some residents with variable power plans were hit the hardest, with some receiving bills as high as $10,000 or even $17,000. The state's deregulated electricity market allows for staggering price spikes and effectively compels them for some customers. So then I was one, a variable rate plan, power plan, is an electricity plan where the rate you pay for electricity can change based on market conditions. This means that the price you pay for electricity can go up or down depending on factors such as the time of day, the season, and the demand for electricity. Variable rate plans can offer lower rates, that's the hook, right? When demand for electricity is low, but they can also result in higher rates when demand is high. So yeah, always this evil package help deal, right? Variable rate electricity plans, as well as fixed rate electricity plans, are available in all deregulated electricity markets. So I was looking at what, in general, what markets in this country were deregulated. Most, that would make them the most vulnerable. And, that, and I know that Mississippi is on here, but it didn't come up on this list, but it says, this includes states like Texas, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, New Jersey, Maine, etc. I think it also includes Mississippi. Okay, so the 2021 Texas storm affected millions of people. More than 4.5 million homes and businesses Okay, one week after the winter storm triggered boil water notices in Texas for more than 8.7 million. At least 246 people lost their lives during the winter storms. So, and I looked up, because it never, it, it doesn't help you to say how many people died if you don't know what the general population is, right? The general population in Texas at the time was like 29 million, okay? But, so that's 29 million people that got pretty screwed, okay? Okay, so now that we know that, last but not least, I urge you to also look into your own water system, okay? And I will share with you what I 
looked into and what I found out, okay? Because the <clears throat> first question is, where does Nebraska get its water? Because remember, I've been talking about all these aquifers, A-Q-U-I-F-E-R. Those aquifers is where they're finding all the uranium, right? So, I believe, and I believe this, I don't know this for sure, because I certainly have no access to the water units around the world, but I believe, because uranium is their tool of destruction for the rest of us, I believe quite strongly that likely, if anybody would test, they would find that uranium is in all water, okay? So let's get going with this list here. So first, Nebraska gets its water from the High Plains Aquifer, which is the largest aquifer in Nebraska and spans eight states. Nebraska has more groundwater than any other states, thanks largely to the High Plains Aquifer. Two-thirds of the High Plains Aquifer's total water storage is in Nebraska. So then there's these other aquifers, okay? Too technical for right now. So then I started looking at uh, the aquifers uh, in a above ground, above ground, you want to look at your rivers and streams in your area, okay? Above ground, Nebraska is laced with nearly 80,000 80, miles of flowing rivers and streams. Your streams and your, and your rivers are pretty critical to know what's going on with them, right? So if you start seeing problems in your streams and rivers, you know you got a problem, right? Because that's what we learned from Palestine, Ohio. First thing that happens is the streams everything starts dying off in those streams so so yeah so um, so it spans Nebraska Nebraska is laced with nearly 80,000 miles that's a lot of miles um, and Nebraska's major river basins include the Miss Missouri Platte Neobra Loop Republican Elkhorn Nemon Blue. So you want to you want to know where these river basins are, right? The major river basins in your area, because that's where they're tossing all the pollutants, right? And remember, all along EPA has not been monitoring this stuff. And I've done enough shows. I'm not going to go on a crazy deal about that. But you need to understand because right now, remember, there's a um, you know there's dioxin sitting in all this water. Okay, so just understand what your water system is. So then I was looking at uranium in my water system, and it says, yes, uranium is relatively common in Nebraska groundwater and does not move significantly. Uranium occurs naturally in soil and rocks and can enter groundwater and contaminate drinking water, which over time can harm health. As many as 26 cities, towns, and villages in Nebraska have drinking water with high levels of uranium. Well, here's what I'd like to interject here, and it may sound kind of careless, okay? They're always talking about, they always lead with this idea that uranium occurs naturally, okay? Does it really? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do you know? I mean, have you ever thought about it? <laughs> I mean, I've never been to science school or anything. Maybe it does. Okay, maybe it does. But, but what I, my point I'm trying to make is when you get your information back, if you, if you go explore your own state, question it all. <laughs> question it all. I don't know. 
is uranium natural to the environment? Or have they told us that all along? So when we start noticing uranium all around us, everybody, eh, it's part of the environment. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, it may sound crazy to you, but I don't know science, okay? I'm doing my best here. <laughs> there is the high possibility. Remember, just a few days ago, we thought electricity was real, right? <laughs> Does uranium occur naturally? Or has that just been the first part of the lie? We have to look at it all. So then, um, because they say it's natural, but then they go on to talk about all these cities and towns, 26 was... <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, um, so then I was cueing the chat friend to see what they said about removing uranium. I'm convinced the only way to remove it is by distilling. But... Stop letting other people be your seeing eye dog, okay? Okay, so I asked about the removing it, and here's what it said. Two common methods are ion exchange media and reverse osmosis. Ion exchange media selectively removes radium and uranium without removing minerals like calcium and or magnesium. I'm of the belief, and this is my belief, that you should need to remove it all, okay? They, they sell us with these ideas that, well, you know, if you drink distilled water, you lose all those minerals. Well, <laughs> well, I would prefer to lose the minerals and ditch the poison, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, reverse osmosis filters water through a semi-permeable membrane very tiny pores and can re remove 99 and also remember a lot of people talk about these Berkey machines right they, they love their Berkeys for filtering their water well fortunately I never had the money to buy a Berkey so I didn't end up owning one but I'm glad I didn't because the cleanup of Berkey would be too much for me right now but um, Berkey has been caught lying on their data and I'm just this is just information that I have read, okay? Go look for yourself. Don't believe what the manufacturer tells you about their product, okay? If you didn't get that memo, look for it in your inbox <laughs> because I ran across something a long time ago and they have manipulated the data to make it look like they removed the uranium and I do not believe any of them, okay? The only method I personally believe is distilling, okay? Because here's why. Uh, they say that this water filter is 90 to 90% of uranium. Well, why don't you just go for 100% and just distill it, right? And it says, both methods have been proven effective by lab testing or consumer results. Well, <laughs> who's doing the lab testing, right? Reverse osmosis has some drawbacks, such as low flow rate, flow rate and complexity of installation. A third method is water distillation, distillation which can, in fact, remove over 99% of uranium. And those distillation machines, I checked the other day, when I first started talking about distillation machines, um, I don't know, I have it in the title of some shows about dioxins and stuff. Uh, they've now gone from about 50 to $60. They're, they're setting at about $100, but that's still a great deal, okay? Don't let that hold you back. <laughs> Sell what you're not using. There's still people out there foolish enough to buy your own foolish mistakes. So if you have a few consumer items that you didn't use and probably shouldn't have bought, get rid of them, okay? Take pennies on the dollar, convert that into a distilling machine. <laughs> you can make this happen. It just will take a little bit of thinking, okay? So anyway, so yeah, I think this is pretty interesting. 
it doesn't sit with me. So I, I don't know what my role left in all of this. I, I was pretty sure that I was done talking after the um, chemtrails, and I thought, well, wait a minute, let me take a look at this electricity business because we're all being guided. That's why I say, please try to untrap your own mind from these people. You know, they, they draw us in because they can be amusing and charming, but. I believe we're here to do this work, not to engage in crazy stuff on social media. So anyway, so be safe out there. I don't know what is next. I really do not know. We're hanging in by a thread here. I must have picked this position on the game board, so I'm certainly not going to get into hysterical complaining over it, but I will tell you, it's pretty rugged. So I would really encourage you one more time, get away from the electricity. You'll save yourself some money. You'll save yourself some anxiety over future huge electricity bill and you will improve your health there has to be a reason what creates all these crazy people end up living in tents and stuff well <laughs> some of them may be on a different electrical spectrum than the rest of us you see what i'm saying i mean we could we all have we're all fine-tuned instruments right were those people born fine-tuned instruments and there was a medical in intervention like something as simple as a shot when they were first born that created their inability to be around electricity without going kind of nuts. I mean, there really are some serious things that we need to think about because this electricity thing really opens up, in, in my idea, an entire look into how this eugenics is really going on, right? Who would have figured that eugenics and electricity? <laughs> I, know, I know I certainly didn't see this one coming, okay? But the mere fact that they're abusing us and getting us to buy and pay for electricity, which is in fact murdering all of us, is just something else that I gotta kinda let set in because I don't know. I really am a little bit, uh, it's something else. It really, really is something else. <laughs> in the scheme of things, we really need to give credit where due because you know they've also gotten these things installed in all of our homes while everybody else is running around looking up in the sky <laughs> and, and the reality is it's right down here on earth right so i would encourage you to um be safe out there and uh i don't know what to say but everybody is going to need to move into focus and to start listening to what is coming from your own own higher self right I mean, wh what are you hearing in your own mind and it's I feel it's important to do this I let the whole process play out like when I'm writing something for example I don't edit while I'm writing I just do free thought typing and stuff as I'm going along and that unleashes more information for myself uh, so when I see something new come up, I don't just reject it automatically. I think, hey, why did that show up? Maybe I should take a look at it. And we're all being highly, highly guided. And these people guiding us must be highly frustrated because everybody is tuned into social media, right? So anyway, be safe out there and goodbye for now. And who knows? Who knows where I'll be next? <coughs> who knows? I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> we're here in this moment, right? We're here in this moment. Don't leap too far into the future. Just stay in this moment.
smells like lemon drops away above the chimney tops. That's where you'll find.